You are now listening to the Fight, Fights Like a Girl, Girl podcast with Big Fridge and GQ Smooth. know what's going on it's the head not to tell it's gq smooth that's gq underscore sm zero oth and you can find me on ig and you're tuned in to the fights like a girl podcast it's the other half of the show what's going on man hey, hey, hey it's big fridge short north nothing greater you can meet me you can meet me at uh facebook at lamont fridge needham or you can see me at 48 the short at gmail.com always looking forward to your criticism yeah Topics, yeah, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But today, I'm going to start it out, and we're going to talk about something that my co-host definitely does not want to talk about, which is the Trump administration, the Obama administration, and how it affects the African in America, right? So, since you're so indifferent, say what you got to say now and just get out the way, which is probably nothing. Yeah, nothing. (laughs) Why is it nothing? You know... Some things are just better left unsaid. Not on this podcast. This is the Fights <laughs> Like a Girl podcast. This is where we talk whatever. So what is the for problem? Sure, for sure, for sure. What, is, what should be left unsaid? I just, at this point in my life, I will say that I'm not really a political person, if you will. I will uh, say that I, I'll open up and say this. A lot of people get upset with me because I'm not a Democrat, but I'm not yet a Republican either. So the part, the political ideology that I truly represent and that I feel kind of captures my viewpoint is part of the Green Party. I'm part of the Green Party, which a lot of people don't know, you know, um, environmental issues, nonviolence, Pretty much some of the things that we uh, stand upon. Love those ideologies. Um, when I usually ask um, somebody what, why their political party is Democrat or Republican, they always give me the answer of, um, well, my mom was a Democrat. or You know what I mean? So they nev- no one can ever really tell me like why they stand for what they stand for or what their party truly represents is usually something like, oh, I'm black and black people are Democrats. And I'm like, that's what's wrong in America. Like, it's like, I get it. You're, you're choosing the lesser of two evils in a sense. Is that (laughs) what's going on? But like, people really don't know what they stand for. So I really try not to have political discussions with people. They get too flared up about issues. They don't even know what they're talking about. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for at least expounding on it. I feel you on that. With me personally, I'm going to tell you what I am. I am a member of the Black Panther Party because initially the Black Panther Party was a party for people who felt the way that you feel in the South. I believe it was Mississippi where they went down there where the brother went down there and opened up the party because there was no party that truly represented the African in America. It was so much... Uh, turmoil and tribulation, lynchings, things of that nature going on behind the black vote because black people were standing up in Mississippi and Alabama to vote. So brother went down there 
And he said, well, the hell with the Democrats, the hell with the Republicans. We're going to start the Black Panther Party. So a lot of people don't know that the origins of the party are not in Oakland. The origins of the party are in Mississippi, Alabama, right? I believe it was Mississippi where they first started at to basically um, increase uh, uh, public spending and lean it towards the dilapidated houses and the lean-to shacks and the old rundown plantations which Africans were living on in on those dirt roads back then because, I mean, they were absolutely dirt poor. So I lean towards the Panther Party. You know, when you talk about a Democrat, there's no difference between a Republican and a Democrat. Except one going to save you some money if you're rich, the other one going to give you some money if you're poor. So they fake and say, all right. But the truth of the matter is, none of them represent our issues, which is why I wanted to get into this. So a lot of the brothers get offended with me when I say that I'm happy that Trump's in office. First thing they say is, "You, you tripping? I can't believe you would say something like that." And I'm like, man, you know I'm not going to just say I'm a Trump supporter. No, he's an idiot. Right? But he's a reflection of the American people. <laughs> this dude said you can just walk up to a woman and just grab her in the pussy and got in the office. Imagine Obama saying he can just walk up to any white bitch and just grab her in the pussy and he gets in office. Imagine that. So basically what happened was is that white people and white America stood up and did they one too. I mean, he blatantly said he sexually assaults women and got in the office. Which is why I can't understand how you don't have an opinion about the Trump administration. But the reason why I'm happy he's in office is because, one, America needs to look at itself. It needs to take a firm look at itself and say, did I really put this dickhole in office? Number one. Number two, America needs to step back and say, do I really hate black people that much? Because most of it was revenge for putting the nigger in office. Let's just face it, you know. They still salty about that. The White House is called the White House and not the Black House for a reason. It was built by our forefathers and mothers. And one no uh, caterpillars and one no cranes and nothing like that. He did it with shovels, rape, and all types of other instruments of destruction to build that White House. You know, and it wasn't for us. So when you look at his administration, I'm happy he's in because it holds a mirror up for America so they can see itself truly as it is. Do you think they really see itself, though? Because, I mean... You know, there's been a lot of talk about impeachment and everything like that. Um, you know, not even too long ago after he was elected. So it's like, do we see it? Or are we still got our blinders on or what? Um, grammatically, I love how you said it. Do we see it? Yeah, we see it. But the question is, does the redneck or the hillbilly or the white man and woman of Appalachia, of, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, California, do they see it? And obviously they do because they push for it. They even murdered another white person in the name of it in Virginia. So, yeah, they see it without a shadow of a doubt, and they're proud of it. So let's just go ahead and get this out the way right now because <laughs> we always offend people on this joint. <laughs> An overwhelming part of the population and I'm talking about of European descent, are proud of the legacy of slavery. That's why they came up with the concept in the South of the Lost Cause. And the Lost Cause is basically revisionist history that's telling people that the South was right. Justifying Robert E. Lee and Davis and those other boys down there in the Confederacy saying that they lost, but they were correct. They honored them dudes down there. They honor. When you put a statue up, it's not in a person's dishonor. It's in their honor. America is completely and utterly fucked up 
and white supremacy is still the name of the game, which is why I felt it important to have this podcast right here. The reason why I love Trump being in office is because too many times Democrats done rocked us to sleep. Rocked us to sleep. They said that Bill Clinton was the first black president. Bill Clinton locked up more black people than any president in the history of the United States. Up under his administration, more prisons were built than any president in the United States. He brought NAFTA into full effect. He brought the whole new world order into full effect, and that's not a conspiracy theory because I'm a part of it. They put me and 46 black men from short North Columbus, Ohio, 4th Street, 8th Ave, in prison under the crack law, not because we was out there selling dope, not because we was violent, because if you check the stats, we had some of the lowest violent crimes in the city. We didn't harm one another, we'd harm an outsider. They did it because they were expanding the global reach. And if you study it, it's not a conspiracy, as uh, Ron O'Brien, a prosecutor, tried to keep me in prison behind because I wrote about it. It's not a conspiracy. These are the facts, right? But people, but black people love Bill Clinton. Oh, it was good when Bill Clinton was in office. He put a Band-Aid on the economy that bust. And when it bust, 2008 was the result. 2007 was the result when it finally popped. So, since people love Bill Clinton so much in the Democratic Party, and they love his wife, who said that black men need to be brought to heel <laughs> like dogs, you know what I'm saying? They love Billy, but they don't know what Billy did. All he did was play a saxophone and say he smoked some weed and then the hell got his dick sucked by a fat white bitch. But then I guess he is a nigga then, right? Wow. Oh, well. You know, I just really don't do the politics. I know. <laughs> And I ain't got no job. Probably won't have one after this. I'm just saying. <laughs> the thing about it is we need to wake up. And I believe that the Trump administration is opening the eyes of a multitude of people. You got so many people of white European descent who do not agree with what Trump is pulling. They don't agree because he's freestyling. But one of the reasons they don't agree is because he talks in the front room like they talk in the back. And people need to hear this. And that's why I like old Trump being in office. I love it. I need. I think he need another term. He probably blowed his damn world up, but I think he needs another term to really wake people up. He's trying to repeal a lot of rights and a lot of wrongs. He's freestyling. He's basically using his business model, which is a broken business model, to run the United States of America. But, I mean, go ahead. If we're going to hell in a handbasket, we might as well go on a rocket ship. Let's see it. <laughs> I do like the fact that it kind of just shows everybody, like, you know, like, anything's possible. Oh, yeah. It's like, you got to dream like you never seen obstacles. Like, honestly. <laughs> like, like seriously. Like, a person with no experience got into the White House. No, like, political. I mean, he probably has, like, some kind of political backgrounds, of course. No, he does not. I mean, His I know he's, like, used to run with the Ku Klux Klan. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he's shaking the hands of, you know, some. He shook hands in New York City. You can't shake hands in no better place. I mean, so that's it. But I mean, you know, he was kicked out of school. He was insubordinate. His daddy shipped his ass off to uh, military school because he was a dick. He was, if he was black, his ass would have six numbers. Do you think that's why, like, Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't vote, like, in anything? Like, because they're like, okay, maybe we do need to see certain parts and no. just leave it in God's hands or, or Jehovah's well, hands. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Because of, I think, you know, we we got a couple of family members of Jehovah's Witness and I used to actually read the books. And they think that's worldly. The, this is of this world. And if you want to be a part of the very slim 144,000 that's going to make it into the afterlife, I mean, it's been what? 
quadruples of trillions of gazillions of people on this planet. Yeah. But only 144,000 going to make it pickings, in. pickings, man. Yeah, so you cannot engage in the things in this world. So, I mean, that's why John Over's Witnesses really ain't on it. But if I'm wrong, contact me. Let me know. But I read The Watchtowers. <laughs> I read those beautiful books where there's a bunch of white people laying around with animals and shit in the afterlife. I ain't seen no brothers and sisters in the 80s, though. I think they got something now. But, you know, it's all good, man. You know, it's all good. But at the end of the day, this leads back to the Obama administration. Because it's not about Trump. This is about the next vote in 2020. I don't like none of the candidates that's up there. None of them. First of all, I think um, right now it's just kind of oversaturated. When you got 20 um, people running just for one single party, it gets a little difficult to kind of pay attention and really know who you side with and stand for and want to represent you as best as possible. Right. So I think that's like an interesting um, kind of turn point for our, our nation, honestly. But sometimes I, I sit back and I think if, um, you know, are, are other countries watching our news mm. like it's a, a real, like, you, you ever seen the real world on MTV? Yeah. Like a reality show. Like, right. are they like, this is like real life reality TV, like love and hip hop or something. Yeah. Like, this is entertaining. Like, yeah. It really is. So. But they rocking the world to sleep as well. But let's, let's lean off into that. I'm glad you said that, right? Because now that, which, that very point that you just made, or what you expounded upon, leads to the Obama administration and what it meant for the so-called black man and woman in the United States of America. Now, I'm not about to trash Obama. And a lot of people do, but I'm not going to trash Obama for the simple fact that he did his job. We just needed one in. You know what I'm saying? And even though he is a Kenyan American and not an African American, which is a whole nother conversation, He's a melanated man who made it into the White House with his melanated wife and his melanated children. Cool. Step one, you know. But Tupac once said that we weren't ready to have a black president in the 90s. And so when I look at it, he was absolutely right. Because all I hear is, you hear it, he was the food stamp president. He gave out phones to black people, right? But like I told the brothers in the joint, there is no sense where there's a he should be in office, but there's no sense of having great expectations of this man because that's not how democracy works, which is why I like Trump being in office because democracy has gone to sleep. The American people have gone to sleep and do not fully participate in democracy. Democracy don't start at the presidential rate. It starts at the state level, the county level, the neighborhood level, the block part watch level. You see what I'm saying? And so with Obama being in office, we expected entirely too much. We thought he was really going to change the world. But the problem is, is that we weren't ready. We had no real agenda whatsoever. How are you going to get a representative of your people, supposedly, at the head, even though he's everybody's president, at the head of the entire world, and you have no agenda whatsoever? Hmm. You got to ask I, for something. I mean, can you really say he had no agenda? We had no agenda. We or he? No, we. He didn't have no agenda for us. Of course not. His agenda was to make it to the White House and stay alive for as many years as he was going to be in the White House. That was his agenda. But we had no true agenda. So when we look at the people in the United States who do have an agenda, we should pattern the Jewish people. They have an agenda. 
and they meet their agenda. Many Jewish people don't like saying and hearing these type of things because, you know, it's kind of covert for them. But when you look at it, we had no handout and no system in which to pass. And that's why they don't want to give us reparations. What is our top entity in the United States that's representing us as a whole? Would you say it's the NAACP? Is that number one? Um, <laughs> wow, I just, you know, I'm really not going to have too much for you on this. <laughs> I'm just asking a simple <laughs> damn question. Because if they start passing out reparation checks, oh, you're going to have your hand out. So I'm asking you, what's the number one black organization that's representing black people as a whole that you think? Off the rip, off the top of your head, you got off nothing? The, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm probably going WACP, but okay. I see where you're going, yeah. and I'm just... <laughs> well, you really don't see where I'm going, because I'm about to go in a whole different direction. <laughs> I, w- I wish we had video for this right now. <laughs> Everybody would see my flustered face like, I really don't. <laughs> Don't give a shit, goddammit. You got to participate, damn it, in all facets of the night of the people. I mean, people, some people listen to this thing, talk politics. So I'm forcing her ass. Maybe I can get her drunk enough. You need another shot? Nah. Yeah, you want to drink this shit up? Yeah. Okay, so I'm reading something right now since mm-hmm. I'm not really going to put on, on my on my forefront. Okay, um, do your thing. It says the intention of the Obama administration was to make the government cool again. That's what somebody said. Cite your, uh, cite your, uh, cite your source. History dot dot com. Sounds good. Made a uh, whole article about like how he was like cool and like taboo and stuff like that. Right. Actual plan was to revive the United States economy. Um, his officials. States. His plan was for economic reform um, that will come into forms of tax relief, support of education, and technological uh, innovation and tax breaks for small businesses. Hmm, thanks, cuz. Way to sell out. So, when we talk about <laughs> Jews, Jewish people, right, this is how you get things done. And I just want my people to hear this because my people are at the bottom. So, there's this thing I believe is called a lion. And this is a pilgrimage back to Israel to strengthen Judaism and to strengthen Jews worldwide, to connect with the homeland, right? Africans have no homeland. Some reason, for some reason, we think Israel's our homeland too. Our, our homeland is West Africa, all the way down to South Africa, all the way to East Africa and North Africa. So let's get that straight right now. So a lion basically describes a trip back to the motherland or to the motherland to connect with your culture because culture is everything, right? But nothing is free. The Obama administration funneled millions of dollars into the coffers of the Jewish people so that they can have these programs and the Jewish people strengthen themselves over the years by whatever means, we ain't going to get into the means, by whatever means of, of, of strengthening themselves to have this money to do the things that they need to do to strengthen themselves as a people. People do everything they can to destroy us as a people. So let's just say I'm a Jewish man from Columbus, Ohio, and I want to take this trip to Israel to, you know, participate in what's this thing we call a liar, okay? And this is my source. My source is the Columbus Dispatch, Saturday, July 5th, 2014, discussing this, okay? So now, from there, you will actually uh, register 
with the Columbus Jewish Federation. That's one entity, right? And the Columbus Jewish Federation believes that Israel is the country of the Jewish people and it's uh, the easiest way to live a Jewish life. What's wrong with living an African life, right? Let's just follow a model, people. So it says about 100 Jewish people from uh, Ohio each year make a liar. So what is a liar? A liar is where you actually go there, you know, and do your thing. So if you accept it, right, if you're accepted, then this is what you receive if you're accepted by the Jewish, the, excuse me, the Columbus Jewish Federation, all right, which is, of course, you, then you got to get approved by uh, the Midwest region at the Jewish Agency for Israel, and then you can go on the way in, right? Now, they make moves, and if you're accepted, they receive benefits such as a free one-way ticket to Israel, free, somebody's paying for it, free, right? So, you get free Hebrew classes for up to 10 months, free, somebody's paying for it, but not you, free, right? So, you get free health insurance for one year and six monthly payments of $5,000, and if you want to stay there, you can get your passport and become a citizen of Israel <laughs> if you are approved, right? In order to be approved, you know, you need to show your civil connection, your medical history. You need to show, if, you know, whether or not you had visited to Israel before, but you basically got to prove that you're now with the click. Now, in order to do this, you have to have a hierarchy. This hierarchy, like I said, consists of the Columbus region, the Midwest region, and then the overall region. And you got Benai Berif and many other organizations. As a matter of fact, I got a list of organizations, Jewish organizations, uh, that actually pass it down. So number one I'm going to cite is the American Conference of Presidents, Presidents of Major Jewish Organizations, Chairman Alan Slowlaw, right? So that's the big one that, that spearheads all the other ones. The next one, of course, is William Hess, the American Zionist Movement. Then you got the American Jewish Committee, the Benai Berif International, American Jewish Congress, Rabbinical uh, Council of America, oh, it goes on. This is what it heads right here, you know what I'm saying? You got uh, the Central Conference of American Rabbis, the Jewish Federation of North America, Union of Orthodox Jews, uh, Congregations of America, Jewish Labor Committee, American Israel Public Affairs Committee, the Foundation of Jewish Campus Life for the brothers and sisters that's coming off of campus, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, basically they get ushered in through, you know, parochial schools and then into you know, campus life, things of that nature. You got the Jewish War Veterans of the United States of America, the Zionist Organization of America, and of course J Street, which is very popular right now because those are the young folks who are extremely liberal, in my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong. Hit me at, you know, 48 to short at gmail.com if you disagree. But my thing is, is that all those organizations come under one umbrella to move one situation forward. And what I just showed you and discussed was how they actually move the individual forward. So when Obama gets into office, those people can go to the committee members and say, this is our agenda. What in the fuck do black people have? Action is due to change our situation. Who speaks for us? We have nobody. We had no thing. And so therefore, my whole thing is, back up off dude. Yeah, he ain't do a lot of great things. His politics ain't nobody's gonna be happy with no politician because politicians trying to satisfy everybody. And when you try to satisfy everybody, you really satisfy nobody. So that's just pol that's politics in the whole. But at the end of the day, you had to back up off dude a little bit because we simply had no agenda. But I just broke down to you how agendas are formed, how they work, and you got to be serious about that. So the next time we get a brother or sister in office, probably not Kamala Harris because I mean she's all about something totally different. You know, maybe. 
letting the police beat the shit out of black people in Oakland, California. But I mean, if I'm wrong, hit me at 48 to short at gmail.com. God damn it, it's straight me out. But my whole thing is, is that when it comes to this presidential shit and voting, don't simply vote for the sake of voting. Vote independent. Show your indifference. And you ain't got to worry about it. The Electoral College is going to take care of everything else. My co-defendant would have sold me out completely <laughs> on this whole motherfucking situation with a rotten ass. Ain't said shit, but I felt the need to say something about it. So, yes, I'm glad Trump is in office because he's waking people up. He might kill us all with his dumb ass, but he's not keeping people on the fence. You're going to choose a side, people, and that's how it's going down right here, right now. I'm going to give you a couple uh, black political organizations. Mm -hmm. um, everybody knows about Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And we got the Black Alliance for Just Immigration. Um, of course, the NAACP, Common Ground Foundation. Um, you know, a lot of these um, Blackout for Human Rights, a lot of these things, you know, don't have a lot of light shed on them outside of the NAACP. Um, National Black Justice Coalition, um, you know. Color of change, you know, different things. So I think it's pretty dope, but you know, um, the news will advertise what they want you to see, and um, you know, you kind of got to just do your own homework sometimes. And you can put, I mean, technology's at our fingertips, so you can just you could really find them if you really wanted to. So I mean, we do have, you know, stuff, but maybe it's just not as publicized as. Other things. No, because what I just read, a lot of people just heard for the first time, right? Yeah, With true. respect to the Jewish people and how they move, right? How they do, or how they organize. So it's not about that. The problem is, is that we were taught through the legacy of slavery to be divisive, to be divisive towards one another. What good? What you just named was a bunch of straws, right? Mm. Metaphorically speaking. But if you put them together, then you can have a broom. And you could sweep the dirt away and all the bullshit away, right? No one is heading anything. There is no connective tissue. You have some connective tissue starting to happen within the uh, Christian church, though. I'm starting to see them organize a lot better uh, in, in certain uh, articles and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, we have a bunch of independent people acting independently, wanting to help their people, having the desire to help their people, but one aim, one cause. Like we talked about in one show previously, that the so-called black person is not a monolith. And we're not a monolith, per se. No, we're not supposed to be a monolith. But we need to be a monolith on one thing, and that's getting ourselves out of the position that we are in. That's when we need to be seriously together on one common ground. Because at the end of the day, I don't give a damn how good you think you're doing. If you buy that house in the suburb, and they gentrify your area, your, the this inner city where you at, and they put my gang banging ass out there, I'm about to fuck your property values up. So you should be a monolith to want to keep your property values up when another black person moves in your hood that they're not going to destroy the property values. I mean, you, it's just one thing. In Africa, we said, I am because we are. And that's how the Jewish people live. I am because we are. Jewish people don't agree on the same damn thing. They got gay pride parades in Israel, and let me tell you, the Hasidics are inflamed about that. But do they air their grievances out in public? No, they do not. No, they do not. They deal with them privately. They deal with them as best they can, and they keep one thing in the forefront never again. That's their slogan. 
And we need the same damn slogan. Never again, right? So the reason why I'm bringing this up and I feel as though it's important is that when we do get somebody who may possibly represent our interests in the White House, let us have an agenda. And I ain't going to just talk. I'm a participant up under one umbrella to push at least two major issues of ours forward. Do you think that, um, in a sense, like, do you think that um, black people are still holding on to, like, the burden of slavery, like, super tight and not really moving forward, in a sense? Or? Absolutely not. That's my problem. We're not. And we spoke of this once before. We're not holding on to the burden of the legacy of slavery. It's not a burden. It's a legacy. A burden is something that you really don't want to carry, something that's bothering you, something that is just wholeheartedly too much to handle. The legacy of slavery ain't that. Many people don't give a damn. We, when we walk in our daily walks, very few of us actually honor the ancestors who suffered for us to be what we are supposed to be now, free to love who we want to love and suck whatever dick we want to suck, whatever the fuck we doing. You know what I'm saying? Snort whatever the fuck we want to snort. I don't give a fuck. No. Hell no. No, we're not holding on to that legacy. And that's the problem. Because we're supposed to hold on to that damn legacy. Mm -hmm. How the fuck are we supposed to get better? If the same shit that's happening then is happening now in a different way. If they still feed you shit but they wrapping in chocolate, you still eating shit in chocolate. God damn it. <laughs> you still eating shit. And I'm just saying, you got to know, we're supposed to. That's not the problem. The problem so is that we're relinquishing the truth of it. And the people responsible for it and their descendants are happy about that because they ain't got to pay the price for it. That's why when this concept of, of uh, reparations come up, it's easy to say reparations for what? Because what they're really saying is we gave you niggas welfare, but the majority of people who want welfare were white women. Yeah. So what the fuck are you saying? Give me my 40 acres and my motherfucking mule. When you had them internment camps and you locked up all those uh, Asiatics or Asian people, you gave them reparations. The Jewish people got reparations. They still slutting Germany out. You won't pay. Everybody's getting reparations except for the people who built the United States of America. Well, why Give me do you my think money. that is? Because it's never been about empowering you. It's always about, been about enslaving you. Redlining. Do you know what that is? Most black people don't. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad yeah. you do. But most black people don't. Redlining. Sociology. I know. <laughs> I'm just spending, you know what I'm saying, general conversations. You're being so damn quiet on the situation. But when we talk about redlining, what was the purpose of redlining if it was about equality? My forefathers wouldn't fought in the same war as yours did. Now when we come home, we can't have equal opportunity housing? Seriously? I got the money. Why? So do you believe that the black man is inferior? Or viewed as inferior? Viewed as inferior, yeah. Absolutely. To say we're inferior would be a misnomer. We are far from inferior. We, we are is just a bunch of brain-dead motherfuckers on one hand and highly intelligent brothers and sisters on another. But inferior? Fuck no. That's why they're trying to kill us because we're not inferior. And I'm not going to say we're superior. We're people. We are the fathers of all the races on the planet Earth. So that don't make us superior. Is your, is your mom superior to you? Yeah, in your eyes it may be, and maybe that's how they look at us. But your mom don't feel superior to you. She just feel love. And that's the problem with us. They easy to, it's easy to destroy us because we feel too much love for everybody except for who we're supposed to love, each of them. Sad, sad story. I like that note. Yeah.
Let's bring it to a close on this motherfucker. But if you want to build on this shit some more, because she ain't. Damn. Then God damn it. Step away from the mic. <laughs> They hit us up, man. And uh, before we leave out, tell them who you are, baby girl. Oh, you already know what it is. It's the head, not the tail. It's GQ Smooth. That's GQ underscore S-M-0-O-T-H on IG. And this right here is the refrigerator. Short North Fighters, man. 4th Street, 8th Ave. See me on 48 the Short at gmail.com or Facebook or IG. Hit me up. Lamont Fridge need them. We on there both ways. Peace to the gods. We out.